1: This league is the nothing personal word of the day, but you have to say it exactly how I'm saying it. September 15th, 2022. Just say it. You have to raise your arms if you're watching this on YouTube. Nothing personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. I'm shrugging my shoulders. I'm saying this league, talking about the NBA. Oi, Adam Silver has a problem and we're here to help him. Adam Silver is the commissioner for the National Basketball Association, took over from David Stern. David Stern was the longtime commissioner who ruled with an iron fist. He was mean. Trust me, he was mean. Very, very smart, but mean. And no one questioned David Stern. When he wanted to make the league less black, he wanted it to be less thuggery, he would go ahead and do everything, and he'd do it under the cover of I'm the commissioner, I can do whatever I want. In comes Adam Silver. And Adam Silver has this approach where everyone sort of respects him and likes him. He looks like Adam Silver. Google him, you can see, I think he's seven foot four. So he sees eye to eye with all players. David Stern was this very small, he looked more like me. Not like me, just in terms of maybe height, maybe ethnicity, but that's about it. So Adam Silver is very, very liberal. He is... Very, very respected. And he is known as someone who has navigated through some pretty shark-infested waters, whether it be COVID, whether it be what happened when the when NBA players didn't wanna play a playoff game, through all of the racial awakening that took place back in 2019, 20, 2021. 20, so out of nowhere yesterday, go listen to the show, it was the Robert Sarver day around sports. And what is interesting, the NBA made one small mistake. One small, tiny little mistake. They have quarterly owners' meetings like we did in baseball, where they all get together, all the owners get together, there's a, you know, committees, and they're talking. But at the end of every owners' meeting, the commissioner has to meet the media and talks about what went on during the owner's meeting. And there's a lot of media there, and it gets a lot of attention because commissioners don't meet the media that often, but certainly after owner's meetings, they do during the NBA finals, the World Series, et cetera. You know the Roger Goodell pre-Super Bowl press conference? You've heard about it. You've seen it. You've listened to it. You've watched me critique it and talk about it. So Adam Silver yesterday comes out with, or two days ago, with the Robert Sarver suspended for one year for misogyny for maybe racism, we're not exactly sure, for sexism, for running a terrible front office, for repeating stories using the N-word that were told to him and saying the N-word as the full N-word to people he's repeating the story to, having inappropriate conversations with female executives, talking about men's private pots, all the stuff that you just shouldn't do, whether you're an owner or whether you are an employee. Wait a minute, I have a good idea. Don't do it if you have a heartbeat. Let's start with that if you have a heartbeat and you can fog up a mirror maybe you can explain to me the merits of being racist or sexist or misogynistic does it make you feel good is it somehow you feel better by making other people feel worse that's the oldest one in the book that's bullying making yourself feel higher by making someone else lower when the fact is you couldn't get any lower so after the one-year suspension, get the phone call, go on CBS, and I've got the major comment on CBS in an interesting panel with Bill Ryder and Avery Johnson, where I'm saying, listen, here's the thing. There was no racial animus found. So everybody who's complaining that Robert Sarver needs to be suspended for more than a year has to understand that this is not the Donald Sterling situation. He cannot be suspended more than a year. Don't talk about the $10 million. That's the most largest fine that is the most awkward sentence construction of all time 10 million is the maximum so it gets announced everyone's debating it and i said i'm concerned if the players stand up and say something if the players say i don't want to play for robert Sarver. yesterday we started hearing from players and they did not go that far but the league meetings are going on. LeBron James does an Instagram post. LeBron, LeBron James talks through that he is very upset with the NBA, saying the league got it wrong was his main point of view, that they should he should have been suspended for longer. That was his point. And okay. He then said there's no room for misogyny and sexism and racism in any workplace. Very well put. He's got good advisors, knows what he's doing. I like it. But the last sentence of LeBron James' Instagram post is very important. I want to get it to you exactly. Don't matter if you own the team or play for the team. We hold our league up as an example of our values, and this ain't it. So the key there is if you own a team or play for the team. True, owning a team, playing for a team. Playing for a team means you're an employee. Owning a team means you're the employer. There's one employer in a professional sports team. One. And that's the owner. Everyone else is an employee. I was an employee of the Marlins. President, everyone else worked for me, but I was an employee. The owner is the employer. Put a pin in that because we're going to get back to it. Chris Paul said a few words. He says he reviewed the report he's horrified disappointed and then he says this conduct especially towards women is unacceptable and must never be repeated the sanctions fell short in addressing what we can all agree was atrocious behavior doesn't really mention racism talks more about the human resources problem and boy was it a big human resources problem chris paul plays for robert sarver chris paul could have said i'm not lacing him up He could have said he should not be an owner in this league. Any player, including LeBron, could have said, we've got to find a way to get him out of this league so that our league looks different, sounds different, acts differently. All of that's possible. And the reason this bubbled up yesterday is after the owners' meetings, Adam Silver took to the microphone. He took to the microphone and he had a real problem. He said that there are particular rights here of someone who owns an NBA team as opposed to somebody who's an employee. There are particular rights of someone who owns a team versus someone who's an employee. Uh Uh-oh, Adam, what are you talking about? Why, what what do you mean? What kind of rights? You mean the rights to decide who they wanna sign? the rights to decide what they want to serve at concession stands? Or are you talking about the rights to be sexist and have a toxic workplace? Let's let's get back to that, because we're not sure exactly what rights that an owner has that an employee doesn't have. He then said, this is good, he said, I have certain authority by virtue of this organization, meaning the NBA, and that's what I exercised. I don't have the right to take away his team. He's right. The commissioner does not have a right to force a sale. It is only the owners who have that right. There are 30 NBA teams. You'd have to find 23 owners who would say make him sell. You've heard me talk about it. NGTH, not going to happen. Short of, Sterling style, shot style racism. So what this league is saying is that racism is on one level, misogyny, sexism, and a toxic workplace are on a different level. They're on a more acceptable level. I ask you to ponder, I ask you to ponder whether you agree with that. It's no small nugget that the nba owns the wnba that robert sarver owns the mercury which is the wnba team in phoenix you've heard me talk a lot about racism on this show that's for sure you've heard me talk about bullying you've heard me talk about sexism i've talked about all these topics we have this amazing urge and i'm guilty like you Lists. What are the top five things that get you suspended in the NBA? The top five things where an owner can get in trouble. The top five worst things you've ever said. The top five worst jokes. What are the top five movies? We are a list society. We love making lists. Do we make a list of abhorrent behavior? Our criminal justice system does. Murdering someone, bad. Stealing from them, bad but not as bad raping someone really bad but not as bad as murdering so we do the top five crimes that lead to the top five sentences everything is a gradation i wonder whether outside of our criminal justice system and i could spend 10 shows about our criminal justice system don't even get me started on three strikes and the ridiculousness of that putting people in jail for life because they sell pot of course that's not going to happen today but boy did it ever happen why do we have to give you different grades and say, the fact that he did not rise to the level of Donald Sterling means that we're only doing a year, that's the most I could do, what, why are you even talking to me? Okay, so now we're beginning to understand how this league looks at the Robert Sarver punishment. But now, there is momentum to make his punishment worse whether it's the NBPA executive director, that's the Players Association, she came out and said that she called Adam Silver and said that Sarver should never be able to do anything in the league again, right? She's a woman head of the Players Association saying, you are valuing what he did to women so far below, excusing it because it wasn't racist. And Adam Silver said, remember, there's no racial animus here. That's why it's only a year and 10 million, he'll be back. There are people saying that he should get two years, five years, 10 years. None of that is relevant. There is no appeals process. There is no way that Adam Silver will use this public or these players coming out and change the punishment. The only thing that could change is Robert Sarver decides that he just doesn't want to bother anymore and Adam Silver and the owners find someone to make him an offer that he can't refuse and he fades off into the sunset. Possible, maybe not. So Adam Silver standing up and doing a press conference, and he talks about owners versus employees, and people were watching saying, God, that doesn't sound right. Like, why are owners given more rope? Why, Why wouldn't owners be held to the same exact standards as employees? And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a few hours later, (laughs) literally, Mike Bass, who is a spokesperson in the National Basketball Association, sends out a clarifying statement. I almost dropped to the ground. When I am talking to the media as president of a team, and I do something wrong, I stand up, I call writers, I retract, it is my name associated with it. I don't have my PR guy clarify for me, and I'm a president of a team, was. For a commissioner to say something wrong, and they all do, when Rob Manford says something wrong, He often has statements that are accompanied by it. Once in a while, he'll call someone in the media and explain, and then they'll report what he said after what he was supposed to say. Adam Silver, the Teflon commissioner. Where are your advisors, Adam? How did you allow Mike Bass to clarify your statement by saying that what Adam Silver meant to say is that Everyone should be treated equally and everyone should be the same and we hold owners to the same standards that we hold employees and players and we have protections in place for employees and players as much as we do for owners. That's what Adam should have been saying from the beginning. So when he took the microphone, knowing that there was a avalanche that started as a pebble that was becoming overwhelming against his ruling And make no mistake, it is the league's ruling, not Wachtell Lipton. It was the league's ruling, Wachtell Lipton. Remember the Samson and Coca advisory firm? They just, you know, puppeteered whatever the league wanted, got to where the league wanted, did the investigation, whatever the case may be. But the punishment was league mandated, owner approved, Nowhere in there was Adam Silver given a talking point to say that owners need to be treated differently because they're owners, we all know it, don't say it. He said the quiet part out loud and it took an hour for his spokesperson to clarify and change what he said. The whole point of saying the quiet part out loud is that you can't then walk it back. He agrees because the 30 owners agree that they are treated differently. He agrees because his bosses, the 30 owners agree, that if you own a team in the NBA, you basically have carte blanche to act like a jackass whenever you want. You have an open invitation to be unprofessional, to put a locker in the locker room and dress with your players to sit courtside, to get on the floor, to do all the things that some owners like doing, some owners don't like doing, but you own the team because you're the employer. And that gets to the heart of a major issue we have, not just in America, but around the world. Why is it that the people with the haves or the star-bellied snitches why do they get rights and privileges that those sneeches without stars, or those people without money, or those people who don't own a team don't get? So I spent the night thinking about this because I actually love the sneeches. If you haven't read the sneeches, you should about star belly sneeches and those without stars. I would like you, if you don't mind, to think about this. If you think you're better than someone because you look different, because you talk differently because you're smarter is that the criteria for what gives you the ability to do things that other people can't do just make your list we're a society of lists I want to know your list better looking more money live in a better place religion core beliefs what is on your list I would like to propose the following there is no list. Your list should be as empty as mine. There is not one thing about you that gives you the right to be misogynistic, sexist, racist, bullying. I'll give you a list. There's not one thing that you have. There's not one privilege that you have or one way that you look or one way that you sound or feel or touch or taste not one adam silver made it very clear that owners don't think that shh they don't adam silver made very clear that owners play by a different set of rules they do Adam Silver made it very clear that players and other employees and organizations, they move along. Owners don't. Adam Silver made it very clear that his paycheck comes from 30 people and not anybody else. This story's not over. We will see what happens next, but there will be something. The minor leaguers are in the union. Hip, hip, hooray. Did you see this yesterday? We've been talking about minor league baseball players, the fact that they're now unionized. An arbitrator looked at all the voting cards of all the minor league players and said, Yahtzee, five sixes, you're in. You now are a part of the union. And I sent out a tweet that people said, people got into my DMs and were curious about that. When I said, congratulations, your dues bill is in the mail. I don't know if you're aware of this, but we're in a union. Do you know that part of your paycheck goes to the union to pay the salaries and the overhead and the rent to pay them to recognize you and to organize you and to represent you? So there's money. And did you know that it's, it's basically not a percentage? Did you know that? Do you think that the people who make the most money pay the most dues to the union? I'm just curious. In your union, does that happen? Could, could not. How are the minor league players unionized going to benefit once they pay their dues? So the minor leagues are approved in record time. Everyone is complimenting Major League Baseball. Man, you finally did it after so many years of trying and not recognizing the fact that you've got a group of employees who are living below the poverty line who are eating Lego my egos and dry Product 19 that's stale because they don't make it anymore. God damn it, my favorite cereal they don't make. I'm still angry about that. They're now part of a union and you are going to be treated like the Prince of Bel-Air. And MLB gets it. We worked so hard. That's what all of these advocates for the unions are saying. They worked so hard and MLB finally gets it. And then MLB released a statement and I love it. Ready? It's good. Major League Baseball has a long history of bargaining and good faith with unions, including those representing minor and major league umpires and major league players. We respect the right of workers to decide for themselves whether to unionize. Based on the authorization cards gathered, remember the 30% cards, MLB has voluntarily and promptly recognized the MLBPA as the representative of minor league players. Here it comes. We are hopeful that a timely and fair collective bargaining agreement will be reached, wait for it, that is good for the game. Minor league players, and our fans hold on i gotta quickly see where in the statement it says good for the owners wait for it hold on we are hopeful that a timely and fair collective bargaining agreement will be reached that is good for the game minor league players and our fans hmm that's not what collective bargaining agreements are supposed to be they're supposed to be good for management aren't they huh I wonder the other times when MLB was negotiating a collective bargaining agreement with the Major League players if they said to themselves in meetings, because I've been in meetings and never heard this, we want to negotiate a collective bargaining agreement that's going to be good for the game, Major League players and our fans. (laughs) That's never come up once. Here's the statement that Major League Baseball gave internally to the owners, I suggest. We are hopeful that we will come up with a collective bargaining agreement that will crush the minor leaguers, enable us to contract more teams, make more teams unaffiliated, and show these players once and for all how silly they are to think that not only should they have unionized, but also that they were going to get more benefits and power and privileges and rights. (laughs) That would have been a fun statement, wouldn't it? When you're working on a statement and you say something and you can't say it without a smirk, you shouldn't put it in the statement. It's a general rule of thumb. I agree that most people don't follow that little threshold rule, but when you're writing down something, try to do it so it can pass the smell test. I want to leave you this segment with just this. We are hopeful that a timely and fair CBA will be reached that's good for the game, minor league Players and our fans hell yeah i would only uh add that there's not going to be a lockout right do you think minor league players are gonna strike do you think the owners would actually care if minor league players went on strike they'd be upset if like there are 10 non 40 man roster players who have a chance to be in the big leagues. If they didn't play right during COVID, it was a problem when they lost a year of development when there wasn't a minor league season. But you think that owners in a collective bargaining agreement are going to start giving away things to all minor league players. What leverage exactly do minor league players have? I'm just trying to figure it out. i I'm, for the life of me. I can't figure it out. Do you know that major league teams don't pay for the travel for the minor league teams? hotels, they pay their salaries. Maybe all the benefits and rights and privileges that the minor league players want are going to be paid for by minor league owners, which means their profit's going to go down, so the value of their team's going to go down. Better yet, maybe the union is going to start paying for all that stuff. The players' union in Major League Baseball has plenty of money. Maybe they're going to send money downstream. That's it all of the rights benefits and privileges and money that go to the minor leaguers are going to be paid for by the major leaguers because that's exactly what the major leaguers want to do they love it i'm going to call francisco lindor right now and say i know you're very much in favor of the minor league players being in a union and getting more money and everything else any interest in giving me just a smidge of the 340 just a tiny little smidge and we'll pass it down We'll go full Jack Nicholson and broadcast news, and we will stop all the layoffs by lowering your salary. Oops, no, I won't. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Okay. After the break, I'm going to convince you to do something that you don't want to do. And I'm going to convince you to do it, I promise you. And then we're going to talk about an update that happened in the Supreme Court yesterday where there is great confusion that I'm going to clarify for you. We will be right back. The 82 game preseason is in the books and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. From what you've seen so far, You think they'll be a first-time winner of the NBA championship? If the Pacers, Clippers, Suns, Magic, Pelicans, or T-Wolves win, you win at plus 650. That's six teams to root for, six chances to win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code SAMSON 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. Matthew Koch and I come to you every single day, 45 minutes a day. We appreciate that you rate and review and tell your friends about us. This is a critical time. Trust me when I say it. It's a critical time for you to tell your friends. Keep this show growing. Why not? We have fun every day. Do you? I love watching movies. I watch a movie every single day. I love your suggestions. Somebody said to me, please watch RRR on Netflix. It's three hours, so you're going to have to really get your ADD under control Sit there and watch it. And I blew it off for about a week, two weeks. I put it on my list, the list that I keep of all the suggestions I get from you. I had no idea what it was about. I did not know that it was an Indian movie. I knew nothing. I don't read reviews. I don't watch previews. I turn on Netflix and yesterday was the day I decided that I was going to watch RRR because it was time to watch something from one of you. RRR stands for rise, roar, and revolt. RRR combines everything that everybody has to love. Do you love action movies? There's action. Do you love romance? There's romance. Do you love musical numbers? There's musical numbers. Do you love pageantry and CGI and effects and gladiator-like battle scenes? Listen, if you don't like gladiator, you may not like this movie, but if you like gladiator, you're gonna like it. If you don't like John Wick, you may not like this movie, but if you like John Wick, you're gonna like it. If you don't like Moulin Rouge, you may not like the movie. But if you like Moulin Rouge, you will. How can one movie be Gladiator, John Wick and Moulin Rouge? It's called RRR. If I asked you to watch a three-part limited series with one-hour episodes, would you find that to be overwhelming? No. you bang it out in at night. Cut it into three one-hour episodes. The movie is loosely based on two characters, one named Ram, one named Beam, who are real-world characters who never actually fought together. But the movie is about them combining to fight colonial rule, trying to get the independence, get India's independence. People may not remember, if you're not a fan of Mahatma Gandhi or have not seen the movie Gandhi, which you should see, Academy Award-winning movie, which we haven't reviewed here, one of the great movies with Ben Kingsley and Candace Bergen, there was not a lot of good things that happened when the British ruled over you. Whether that was in the United States or India or any number of African countries, when they ruled over you, go listen to the Hamilton song by King George. I'll be back, can't you see? That's just go listen to the words of that song. So India had a problem. There were billions of people all of whom were under the iron fist of the iron lady it wasn't actually the iron lady she wasn't born yet she may have been born but she wasn't in charge and uh they fought back and this movie is not a true story but it is about how you can rise up how with the biggest amount of roar possible you can lead a revolt and that you can maybe prevail maybe not prevail there's no reason to spoil the end because obviously india is not under british rule but that's not how the movie ends there are epic scenes in this movie where you assume that is the climax have you ever had a situation where you're like wow this is this is the climax i'm there i did it Ooh, no i didn't do it can i keep going i'm gonna try again oh there it is oh i'm there no it's another one That's what this movie's like five different times in one three-hour movie you're assuming that's got to be it can't get better than this and it gets better can you imagine when something's better than you even dreamt about and you picture how good it can be that is what rrr is coke and i have a wager and i am begging you to make me and help me win the wager He's claiming that nobody except one of you will watch RRR and then he claimed that none of his friends have watched will watch RRR on Netflix. Let's make him wrong. I will go off the reservation here and tell you that RRR by the way I just realized that's an unfortunate expression I think so I'm not going to say that anymore. Yeah, I'm learning. I'm always learning about things that are I never thought of as unfortunate, but they are. I'm going to go off the, the path that is... What's, that, what's a better way to say it, Coca? And tell you this. I'm gonna give you a wait to see. An official wait to see about RRR. It is going to get an Oscar nomination. RRR will get an Oscar nomination. That's how good it is. Please watch it. It is not often that a player gets fired by his agent. It happens. I've seen it happen when a player goes off the deep end, when the player does something racist or sexist or gets, um, gets arrested. There, it does happen. Yesterday, CAA, who's a great agency, I mean, they're no UTA, but they're a great agency. They fired, remember the name Zach, please Zach? I gave you that name. He had some issues with COVID. He was one of the first people to break COVID. And I did a wait to see, this is back in 2020, that he wouldn't be the last because all players go out and all players, believe me, on every team. It wasn't just the Marlins who had players go out and get COVID. It was everybody. It's just how it is. Players go out. And Zach, please, He's the guy who hurt himself. Remember, he, he punched the mound and like broke his hand or something, and he took his shirt off. And remember, he was the one who said that uh, I w- his injury came from ripping off his shirt after a start, and he ended up hurting himself. CAA announced that they were terminating their relationship, and he's the Cleveland Indians pitcher, and uh, the Cleveland. God damn it, four six nine. Zach Plezak is the Cleveland Guardians pitcher, and he's a good pitcher. And the Guardians are in first place. The Guardians have a chance to make the playoffs, and when you make the playoffs, that is something you can use in arbitration. That's something you can use in free agency to get more money. And for an agency to terminate a relationship with a player, there's one reason only. That they view that they can no longer make money from that player, or, which makes it two reasons only, that player is leaving you anyway. It's the old example of, I quit, you're fired. No, no, I quit before I was fired. I knew you were gonna be fired. I knew I was gonna be fired. So I quit first. So, as Pleasac goes into the arbitration system, And starts getting paid do you know why this is so important that's the first time that agents actually make money from a player they've invested in for years your whole goal when you have a player is to keep that player to free agency most players don't even get there so your second goal and it's just as important is to get that player to arbitration because you can get your investment back There's a ton of players in every agency who never even make arbitration, which is when you've been in the big leagues for three years. 5% of the minimum, whatever, it's nothing to talk about, right? 50 grand. The investment in each player is way more than that. Zach Plezak's going to make money in arbitration. Could he have been poached by another agency and CAA fired him before he could announce he was leaving? Or is this an example where they said, we don't even wanna spend the money that we need to spend to prepare an arbitration case because this guy is such a pain in our ass. What a concept. He did nothing to get canceled. He's no Trevor Bauer, certainly not the talent. But CAA made a decision at their executive level that they did not want to take the time to bring Zach Plezak to arbitration. It's staggering. Zach Plezak wakes up today and he said, I'm going to go full Lamar Jackson. He could be saying that. Or he goes to meet with other agents. Do you think any of the other big agencies want Zach Plezak? No, not at all. He's going to have to go with the first-time agent, someone who doesn't have a lot of players, someone who wants to make his reputation that way, or he'll go at it by himself, which we love as management. That'd be fun unprecedented CA CAA did that. Truly. Nothing personal pick of the day. Did you watch Wainwright and Molina? Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina set the record for the most pitcher catcher. We told you they were going to set it. They did. Molina had that special helmet. Go Google it. It was so cool. He wore a special catcher's helmet to commemorate, but it was easy. We knew the cards would beat the Brewers and they did. We are 105 and 80. We are going to new thresholds of success in pick of the day. We're hot. We got the Thursday night game. Chargers plus four versus Chiefs. Do you have Amazon Prime? You better get it. Are there going to be a million and a half of you? How about eight million? How about the 12 million that they said? Certainly won't be the 19 million who watched the first Monday night game. But tonight's the first Thursday night game. It's the start of the week. Get your fantasy players out. Get your gambling money in. And take the Chargers plus four. I just think the Chargers are really a good team. And I'm just, I'm done with the Chiefs. I'm done. I'm done with Patrick Mahomes not being able to make $450 million. I wanted him to make the maximum amount. And he's not going to. So we're taking the Chargers. Okay. Please go back and listen to, if you don't mind, the segment that we did about Yeshiva University and the LGBTQ club at yeshiva that the board and that the president of yeshiva and the administration of yeshiva university did not want to recognize because in the torah apparently you cannot engage in anything other than procreation we did a segment on it it was a pretty serious segment yesterday the supreme court made a ruling and i want to be clear it was on august 31st thank you coca if you want to go back and look Okay, we're gonna be serious now for five minutes, but don't change the channel. We like retention all the way through the 45 minutes. When the Supreme Court gives you an opinion, you have to read it, because often it is spun by one of the litigants, either the plaintiff, the claimant, the defendant, it's spun in a way that is not accurate. What Yeshiva University was trying to do was to get the Supreme Court to give it an emergency order basically saying we do not have to recognize the LGBTQ plus club as an official club. We're happy to have them meet whenever they want, but we don't have to formally recognize them. We don't have to formally fund them because it goes against our religious principles and we are a religious school. And we need the Supreme Court in an emergency to tell us we're right. Because the season, the season, there's David, the school year has started. When you want an emergency order in the Supreme Court, if you're in the Second Circuit, which New York is, you go to a justice who's assigned to the Second Circuit in the Supreme Court, that's Justice Sotomayor, and you say, hey, how about an emergency order? And she says, hey, let me talk to the other justices. And they say, hey, let me read about this. Let me think about this. Nope yep and then sotomayor gets to decide after taking the temperature of the other eight supreme court justices how she wants to rule about this emergency order and guess what happened the emergency order was denied (gasps) everybody in the lgbtq community is celebrating finally what a great victory yeshiva university went too far they may say they're all about inclusion but they're not They may say that they make us feel comfortable and give us a safe place to learn, but they don't. We've done it. Thank you so much, Supreme Court. But that's not what the Supreme Court said. The Supreme Court denied Yeshiva University's emergency order because they said it is inappropriate to rule on this today. The Supreme Court likes to be the court of last resort that's the supreme court an apolitical (laughs) court of last resort So, sotomayor said you got to go to the appellate division in state court that's the appeals court in new york state and if you don't get what you want there you can go to the court of appeals in new york state if you don't get what you want there then come back to us All that happened yesterday is Yeshiva University was forced to take another year to go through the state court system before getting the Supreme Court to rule. That's it. They did not say in any way, shape or form that the LGBTQ plus club at Yeshiva has a right to be a club formally recognized at Yeshiva. So for all the celebrating that's being done, please don't celebrate this ruling. Why? read the dissenting opinion of yesterday's order samuel alito there are six conservative justices on this non-political court four of them joined a dissent written by samuel alito and the dissent said there are at least four of us likely to vote to grant certiorari if yeshiva's first amendment arguments are rejected on appeal and yeshiva would likely win if it came before us. I don't wanna be the bearer of bad news, but it's right there on the dissent. What Samuel Alito was saying is, why bother making a case go to Supreme Court? Why bother making us a court of last resort when we know that there is going to be a certain ruling because the court's been stacked? Let's not waste time. Let's make sure that we are right in there right now. And he cited a bunch of cases where emergencies and how time is, gathered, is measured and whether or not emergencies exist. And he basically said, hey, this is an emergency because I can give you three cases where that was the holding that something involving religion is an emergency. And then he said, and given that it is or isn't, doesn't matter, we know how we're gonna rule. If we know how we're gonna rule, let's just rule now. Since when do we have to kick something back to the state court when that's just a waste of time? Oh, I don't know, Sam, maybe since ever. The frustrating part about this situation is that the wrong result is eventually going to be upon us and Yeshiva University will have to decide right now with its president. Presidents of universities make a lot of tough decisions it is a very 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 difficult job you answer to a board you answer to thousands and thousands of alums you answer to your students you answer to your cfo you answer to your boosters to your donors i'll give you 10 million dollars but you sure as hell better not have any sort of club with anyone other than heterosexual religious people Yeshiva University has graduate schools that are not religious graduate schools. Graduate schools that have come out strongly against what Yeshiva University undergraduate is doing. The president has to decide, is he going to go to the appellate division? Is he going to appeal the loss that they had in lower state court where this club had to be recognized? Is he going to rip open the scab again that was created? Is he going to again mislead everybody by saying, hey, we love LGBTQ, we just want to make it clear that we're a religious institution and we get the right to teach what we want and decide exactly what we want. We have the right to infringe on anybody's rights or freedoms because we are a religious institution. And we've got a Supreme Court that is unbelievably far right and unbelievably disinterested in the line between church and state. What a great time to be liberty. I'm not sure what Berman's gonna do, but he's not gonna stop because the constituents that he has are not his current students. They're not his graduate schools. They are not the people who believe in LGBTQ and the rights of everyone to be comfortable, safe, and love who you love. And go to bed with who you want to go to bed with? No, he answers to people who don't believe that. Higher education is something that uh, interests me, as you would imagine, because I was a part of it. I was the chairman of the board of my law school. I was on the board of Yeshiva University, which, by the way, I would have resigned if I did not get the board to not let the president do what he's been doing. I'd resign in a heartbeat. Would you, at what point do you stop doing something that you love when you lose? At what point do you stop representing people who you want to represent because you don't get your way? That's a tough one for me always. Where do you draw the line, right? I think about that. I think you should think about that too. What is it in your life where you just draw the line? What's enough to make you walk away from your job? What's enough to make you stand up and yell and scream until your voice is no more because you believe that what you believe is right and that you are surrounded by people who disagree and you're gonna yell until they change their mind? What happens when they don't? What happens? It's the old philosophical differences, irreconcilable differences, philosophical differences. I can't work with you anymore. I can't listen to you anymore. What you're really saying is, I have run out of ways to convince you that what I believe is right. Hmm. Thank you. It's just business. I'll see you tomorrow. This is nothing personal.
0: mypatriotsupply.com.